The Buccaneers have added three more coaches to their staff that should have a solid impact next season. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Thursday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JRCO underscore Bucks, credentialed member of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with the everydayers. And for that, I want to share my appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways you can support the show is become a Locked On Bucks insider. You're going to get news, rumors, updates, just general thoughts, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Head to jointsubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks to become an insider today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Insider mailbag coming up in a little bit, but first let's talk about the new coaches that the Bucs have added to the staff and maybe what they bring to the team and we're going to start with the Buccaneers announcing in a statement that they have added Josh Grizzard as pass game coordinator, Brian McClendon as wide receivers coach, and Brian Picucci as assistant offensive line coach. Now, McClendon and Picucci were already announced, but now it's officially official. So let's start with Grizzard, who spent seven years with the Miami Dolphins as quality control coach and wide receivers coach and was part of their team during their first consecutive winning season streak, hitting four years or more since the team did it from 1997 to 2003. Grizzard also worked for Duke as a graduate assistant and quality control coach and as a student assistant at Yale, where he played defensive back. McClendon is coming from the University of Georgia, where he was the wide receivers coach and won a national championship in 2022. McClendon was also the passing game coordinator from 2022 to 2023, when the offense was second among the Power Five teams in yards per game, third in points per game, fourth in yards per carry, sixth in passer rating, seventh in pass yards per game, and tenth in rush yards per game. McClendon also worked as the wide receivers coach and the pass game coordinator at Oregon and was the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach at South Carolina. In his first stint with Georgia, he started as a graduate assistant before moving up to running backs coach, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, pass game coordinator, and interim head coach throughout his tenure from 2007 to 2015. Picucci is joining Liam Cohen from the University of Kentucky, where he was the quality 
control coach and essentially Liam Cohen's kind of right-hand man. Picucci also worked for Florida International University, the University of Maine, Becker College, Widener University, Central Connecticut University, University of Massachusetts, Northeastern University, and Southern Connecticut State. So extensive collegiate experience for Picucci and obviously the most notable of these coaches is McClendon, who has done an absolutely phenomenal job at Georgia and really kind of all along the way, being an interim head coach at two different spots, both at Georgia in 2015 and at the University of Oregon. And he's you know obviously coming from the biggest program collegiate-wise. Of course, you have, uh, I'm sorry, you have Gizzard coming from, um, uh, coming from the Miami Dolphins. But as far as the collegiate experience goes, McClendon coming from the biggest and most successful of the programs. But the addition of Grizzard as the pass game coordinator, I think is the one that is going to have the biggest impact, especially coming from a system like the Miami Dolphins. So let's talk about that for just a minute. And I see some of you guys in the chat saying Antogato and Dritz924. Appreciate you. Um, the Dolphins have obviously a lot more speed than the Buccaneers do across the board. But to see the way that they utilized all of their running backs and the creativity that was used with Miami to maximize all of their players' strengths on any given play and consistently put them in situations and positions to succeed against opposing defenses is something that you're going to hope that Grizzard brings with him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, the Bucs don't have the speed that the Dolphins do. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they do but they can implement a lot of those same philosophies, especially utilizing the running backs in the passing game. And I have talked a lot on this show about how much the Bucs need to add at least two running backs. But we know that a big part of Rashad White's game is his ability to make plays in the passing game. That's how they kick-started this running game in 2023 was by utilizing Rashad White in that short passing game, the run-through-the-air philosophy, and getting him in space to be able to make plays. That started to open things up for him in the run game. So between Rashad White and whatever running backs they bring in, whether that's bringing Chase Edmonds back and drafting a guy or whatever course of action Jason Light and Todd Bowles and Liam Cohen take to fill out that running back room, we know that all of the players at that position are going to have to be able to catch the football and make plays in space when they have the football in their hands. You take a look at Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan and Jeff Wilson Jr. The, the running backs that the Miami Dolphins had, one of the things that made that run game so successful beyond the speed that those guys offer is their ability to run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays, move the sticks, break off big yards after catch, get into the end zone. All of those things are what Grizzard is going to bring to the Buccaneers as the passing game coordinator, working with Liam Cohen to be able to figure out which guys they can best utilize in which ways and how to set them up for success. You take a look at the running backs of the Miami Dolphins. You have 
Mostert, Achan, Wilson, they had another running back, and I'm, I apologize, his name is escaping me right now. But their running backs as a group accounted for over 100 targets. Those receptions off of those targets went for over 500 yards and seven touchdowns. That was while also having two 1,000-yard receivers. So the addition for, of the running backs for the Buccaneers is going to be vital to be able to complement Rashad White, have running backs that you can bring in that offer things that Rashad White can't, but also not make your offense one-dimensional based on the running back that's in there. We saw that. I'm sure most of you remember Charles Sims. You knew when Charles Sims was in the game exactly what the Buccaneers were going to do. So all of these running backs have to be able to run the ball. They have to be able to you know, participate in the passing game effectively while also offering things that the other running backs don't whether it be speed, whether it be power, whether it be a combination of those things. I've brought up Audric Estime out of Notre Dame because he does bring a combination of speed and power and size that the Buccaneers running back room does not have right now. But there are plenty of other running backs that offer things like that as well. You have to get that combination in there, but you have to have guys that can run and catch to really maximize what Grizzard is used to over in Miami that he can bring to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the passing game coordinator and really maximize the talent on this roster. And then you bring back Mike Evans and you have your two 1,000-yard receivers just like Miami did in this offense will be able to click really, really well. It's, it's a really interesting but also a really exciting hire for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to bring Grizzard in as the coordinator. But it's time to dive into the mailbag. Plenty to discuss coming up next here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing. This whole new offensive coordinator every year for the last three years slings a lot of questions towards the Buccaneers this offseason, and it's hard to know what direction they're going to try to go versus what direction they end up going. Will Baker be back? What about Antoine? Could we really have seen the last of Mike Evans in a Buccaneers uniform? Unanswered questions can lead to unwanted stress that may boil over into other aspects of your life. And therapy can be different for everyone, and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams, and it's important to get things off of your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your busy schedule. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Locked on. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Every day is make sure you're coming back tomorrow. Barring any big news coming down, I had to kind of pivot 
to talk about these coaching hires. But barring any big news, we're going to be continuing the pending free agent series, taking a look at the players on the Buccaneers that are, can hit free agency, why the Bucs should or should not bring them back. And I think we're going to close the week out talking about Levante David. You're not going to want to miss that. In the meantime, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. It is mailbag time. We had some insider questions come in. So let's dive into the mailbag, starting with Insider Gabriel, who says, who is your favorite player in the draft for the Bucs at number 26? I really hope they can get Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama. You can't trust that Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean will play the whole year, and they probably won't have both of them next year anyway. So why not get their replacement and have a number one corner for the next five years ready to go. Gabriel, thank you for the question. My favorite draft prospect, and, and please feel free to, uh, to give me yours in the chat, but my favorite is really going to depend on what happens in free agency. I want to see how these teams start to shake out a little bit to figure out what their needs are going to be going into the draft. But right now, I lean Jared Verse or Chop Robinson. Here's the thing about McKinstry. He's got the size that Todd Bowles likes in his corners and in his secondary, and his skills are absolutely fantastic. I can see why you want the Buccaneers to draft him. But we've been down this road in the past where the Buccaneers have addressed the secondary while the pass rush is in absolute shambles. So McKinstry is not going to live up to his potential in Tampa if he's stuck on an island every single play. The Bucs added guys like Mark Barron and Jonathan Banks and Jarrell Revis and Sean Goldson, but they had zero pass rush. So all of those guys ended up getting absolutely roasted because the quarterback had all day to sit in the pocket and wait for his pass catchers to get open in that one-on-one -on -one coverage or find soft spots in the zone. His pass catchers had plenty of time to break free because the Bucks' pass rush was not putting any pressure on the quarterback you know, at all at any point. And, and again, I'm sure a lot of you remember those rough years there during the 2010s. And we say it all the time, and we say it because it's true. This game is won and lost in the trenches. If you can't protect your quarterback and you can't get after theirs, you're not going to win. And with virtually no production out of the edge rushers, not named Yaya Diaby last season, there needs to be a big upgrade on the edge for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's why it's the most important position and the biggest area of need for me when it comes to this team during the offseason. I do think Shaq Barrett is gone. I've said it quite a few times. And, and while that would be a loss, it's not as significant as it would have been two years ago or even leading up to the injury last year because he just wasn't producing last season. Again, only four and a half sacks. That was third among edge rushers for the Buccaneers. He had fewer sacks than Diaby, and he had fewer sacks than Joe Tryon Shoyinka. And I'd have to double check, but I am real confident in saying that he had far higher of a snap percentage 
on the season than either Diaby or Joe Tryon Shoyinka. So the, the production from Shaq Barrett has really just fallen off of a cliff. You have to address that position. So getting a guy like Verse, who is an absolute nightmare to defend, or a guy like Chop Robinson, who is a little bit raw, but is being compared in terms of his athletic metrics to players like Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett, helps everything. Now you're getting after the quarterback on both sides. You have Vita Vea and Kalijah Kansi clogging up the middle and collapsing the interior of the pocket, making the quarterback feel that pressure and have to move off of his spot. And you have a secondary that is going to be able to keep players covered long enough for either the pass rush to bring the quarterback down or you have a quarterback that's forced into making a bad decision or a bad throw too soon. And we all know that the Buccaneers have an incredibly opportunistic secondary, and they are going to be able to create a lot of turnovers off of those situations. And again, my feeling on these guys could change based on what happens in free agency and how things go from that aspect. But I would take a pass rusher like Verse or like Robinson 99 times out of 100 at pick 26 over the corner just because of the current state of the Buccaneers and how insanely important it is to be able to get after the quarterback. You address the front and you work your way back. You don't start at the back and work your way front. It, it just has not worked in the past, and there's a reason for that. You have to be able to protect your quarterback and bring down theirs. So, Gabriel, thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Again, we're going to continue to ramp up draft talk as we get closer. You have the NFL Scouting Combine coming up next week. Unfortunately, I will not be there, but we will have plenty of information and things coming out of the Combine that we will start really getting into the draft process a little bit. Insider Dave asks, any word on Levante David? Been a lot of Baker and Mike and Antoine talk, but what about Levante? And look, I'm going to keep this real simple. I'm going to dive in to Levante on tomorrow's episode. Uh, the ball is in his court. And if he wants to play, the Bucs are going to pursue him and try to bring him back on probably a one-year deal like they did in 2023. There's that outside chance that he decides to go play somewhere else or someone really blows him away. Uh, you know, a contender really blows him away with the amount of money. I think if Levante David wants to play, he will play in Tampa. This won't be kind of the Mike Evans situation that we're starting to see unfold. However, Levante David has been in the league for a very long time, and there's still that chance that he wants to retire. And if that's what he wants, then that's what he'll do. But as it stands right now, again, if Levante wants to play, the Bucs are, are likely, I would say, 98% chance that the Bucs go ahead and bring him back on a one-year deal, get him locked up, have that leader on the you know interior of, of the defense that can help bring along a KJ Britt, help bring along a Servassier Dennis, because Levante David, if he has any years left, aren't going to be many. So a one-year deal is really what makes sense. And you kind of go back to the Rondé Barber days where it was one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal, uh, You know, letting him kind of decide how much longer he wants to play, but knowing that the Bucs were going to bring him back if he wanted to be there. Have one more question sitting in the mailbag. We are going to get to that coming up next here 
on Locked On Bucks. Get buckets on your first bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, futures bets, and more. Right now, the Boston Celtics are favorites to win the NBA Finals at plus 260, while defending champion Denver Nuggets are the favorites out of the Western Conference at plus 440. And FanDuel already has odds up for Super Bowl 59, where the San Francisco 49ers are the favorites at plus 500. The Kansas City Chiefs are plus 650 to go ahead and three-peat, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are tied with the New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders, Arizona Cardinals, and Seattle Seahawks at plus 7,500. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fanduel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Wrapping things up here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Wrapping up the mailbag, but before I get to that last question, San Anto Gato in the chat says, James, do you think we are going after a center or edge rusher in the draft? Obviously, I've addressed the, the edge rusher issue. Here's the thing about the center position. They could roll with Robert Hainsey again at center next year and draft a guard. However, if they address center in the draft, it's going to be on day two at the earliest. They're not going to use a first-round pick on a center. They may use it on a guard, but not a center. And then something else to keep in mind, I haven't really gotten into this. Uh, the news came out last night that the, uh, the Rams released center Brian Allen. So this is a, a player that has been with the Rams for the last five years, knows Liam Cohen, may be a fit for the Buccaneers. He started 16 games for the Rams in their Super Bowl season, started 32 games during his time in LA, dealt with an injury. I didn't look into the injury. Again, I haven't really done too big of a deep dive into Brian Allen, but he was only eligible for five games last season. So, you know, that's kind of worrisome. I'd, I'm going to have to find out more about that. But one of the things that I do love about Allen, if Liam Cohen decides to reach out and say, hey, we need a center, we got this guy, Robert Hainsey, that we can slide over to guard, and that's really going to help out our offensive line. Over the course of Allen's career, those 32 starts, he's played in more than 32 games, he has four total penalties in his career. One of them is a holding, two of them are false starts, the other one, I don't know. I'm assuming it was probably a personal foul because that was the only offensive line uh, penalty that wasn't listed that I could really think of. Uh, could have been, I guess, an in ineligible man downfield or, or something like that. But think about that. In 32 career starts, not total games played, just 32 starts, the dude has four penalties. The Bucs have offensive linemen that get four penalties in a game. So that's that's accountability, that's reliability. Would really be interested in whether or not the Bucs are going to, 
to go down that road and pursue Allen. Um, yeah, Mo in the chat says, I believe I've seen multiple Donovan Smith for penalty games bring him on board. And then Dev got juice in the chat says, God, please bring 54 back for one more year. Yeah, I mean, everybody would love to see it. No doubt about it. Uh, it's just, again, I think that that decision is Levante's and Levante's alone. He will know that the Buccaneers want him back. It's a matter of whether or not he feels he's got another year or maybe two in him, or if he feels, you know what? I've won a Super Bowl. I've made a lot of money. I have, you know, I've been criminally underrated my entire year, my entire career. One more season isn't going to make that big of a difference. I think I'm at the stage now where I'd like to stay home with my family. I'd like to, you know, take my kids to their, you know, football practice or soccer practice or gymnastics and, and go to school plays and and be the dad in, in school that brings in cupcakes for the kids on a Friday, things like that. You know, that really starts to weigh heavily on a lot of these players that they miss out on a lot with their families and, and their children growing up. And when you are still able to walk away on your own and not have to deal with kind of the fallout of being an NFL player and the deterioration that comes with that, sometimes it is best to walk away when you can still enjoy that family life. But I know Bucks fans would love to see 54 back on the field next year. I would love to see it. The Bucks would love to see it. And we'll find out if that's something that Levante David would like to do. But I'm going to wrap up the, uh, the mailbag here where insider Jacob asks, even if the Bucks bring back Baker and Mike and everyone else, do you think they still win the division? And Jacob, this is a really tough question to answer for a couple of different reasons. And, and first and foremost, it's because we don't know what the roster construction is yet. We don't know uh, what the Bucks are going to look like. And I realize you, you asked if Baker and Mike and Levante and Antoine and all these guys are back, you know, yeah, they should be in contention, but we don't know what the Saints are going to look like. We don't know what the Falcons are going to look like. We don't know what the Panthers are going to look like. I don't think the Panthers are going to be in contention. But I'll tell you the team that really does worry me if I'm the Buccaneers, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. With the revamped coaching staff and Raheem Morris over there, I, I love Raheem Morris. And when he got the head coaching job with the Buccaneers, it was too much too soon for a guy that was too young and too inexperienced. Now, this is a guy that has coached positions on both sides of the football. He's been a wide receivers coach. I believe he was a quarterback's coach. He's been a defensive coordinator. This is a guy that knows both sides of the football inside and out. And he has built himself an incredible staff in Atlanta with loads of talent. You know they're going to use B. John Robinson correctly. You know they're finally going to use Kyle Pitts correctly. It's a question of what can he get out of Desmond Ritter? Are they going to be the team that trades for Justin Fields if the Bears decide to go Caleb Williams in the draft? Or maybe they like Drake May better. But if they go quarterback in the draft, is Justin Fields a potential place, a potential uh, option? For the Atlanta Falcons, they had a really good defense last year. That team is going to cause problems for the Buccaneers and a lot of other teams in the NFL. So I would say if I have to pick right now this moment on February 22nd, um, I would say Atlanta's the favorite to win the NFC South. But again, a lot can change 
between now and the start of the season, albeit the draft, free agency, potential injuries, all of those things are going to play a huge factor in what's going to happen in the division and, and in the NFL. You go back just a couple of years ago in Brady's last season, it was the second day of training camp and the Bucks lose their center for the year, basically to a career ending injury. He did play that one playoff game, but I don't think we're ever going to see Ryan Jensen on the field again. And those kinds of things happen across the league. So, um, yeah, Jacob, it's a really tough question to to answer just because we don't know what the team is going to look like. But if in your scenario with Baker and Mike and Antoine and Levante and all these guys coming back, they absolutely should be in contention for the division. Uh, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be other than having to play a first place schedule while the Atlanta Falcons get a little bit easier road uh, on that path to uh, the number one team in the division going to jump to the chat one more time. Joshua says, what do you think they will do with Kyle Trask? Kyle Trask is entering the last year of his contract. He's going to be a backup. He's going to be the backup to Baker Mayfield or, you know, to someone else if, if things with Baker don't work out. And then I think Kyle Trask might explore free agency next year, uh, you know, in, in 2025, maybe see if there's an opportunity for him, where there's a path to the starting job rather than what's been going on in Tampa, I do firmly believe that nobody is seeing Kyle Trask as much as the Buccaneers. And if there was a chance that that he was a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, the Buccaneers would give him or would have given him that opportunity already. They would not have signed Baker Mayfield. They wouldn't be so interested in re-signing Baker Mayfield. But Kyle Trask is, is going to be the backup this year, and then we'll see what the future holds for him. I wish him the best of luck. Again, Kyle Trask is an incredibly nice person. He, he's a great guy to talk to, but I've I said it since the first time I watched him at training camp and in the subsequent years since. Uh, I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I just I truly don't, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. When you take a look at how many people have played quarterback in you know you know playing football and have played the quarterback position Kyle Trask is better than about 99% of every person to ever play quarterback and he is at the top of the mountain he is the elite of the elite because he's in the NFL and you figure most teams only carry you know at most 3 quarterbacks well that's 96 quarterbacks that are employed by the NFL. And when you go across and you look at how many quarterbacks are in college alone, I mean, that's such a tiny microscopic percentage of people to ever play that position that, you know, Trask should be proud of what he's accomplished. And maybe he does get an opportunity to start. Maybe he balls out and I'll be super excited for him. If he does, I just don't think it's going to be with Tampa real quick before we get out of here. Cause I am up against the clock. Uh, Bo La Frenchie says, do you think the bucks paid the dead cap money to Baker and Mike Evans because they are going to get deals done? Uh, I think, I, I still stick with like Baker's 99.99% going to come back. Um, I think they just went ahead and, and paid the dead money because 
it wasn't that important to them. And they can free up, you know, the seven million that that was kicked in from Mike Evans on Monday. They can create the space that was created by Baker. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, when you have people as good as as Jason Light and Mike Greenberg at working the cap legally, they'll be able, you know, that was a negligible amount that they looked at and said, look, it'd be nice to get the deal done, but we don't have to get it done by this point because we can free that money up with this move, this move, and this move, and we'll be fine. It's it's really not going to play too much into our 2024 plans. I do see a couple more questions in the chat, but unfortunately, I am up against the clock, so I'm going to note them, and I will talk about them tomorrow. Coming up, we are going to continue our pending free agent profile series. Uh, going to talk about Levante David on tomorrow's episode, and then I'll get to some of these other questions in the chat. In the meantime, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Follow on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and become a Locked On Bucks insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks to sign up. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Want to thank you so much for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 